Purihea tō Aroaroa o Ketera, tukuna tō Ātārangi, kia taka ki muri i ākoe. Purihea tō mata ki tēnei puna ātāta o te ao hurihuri nei, tukuna o Whakaro, kia rere. Welcome to Mata with me, Mehingarangi Falls, brought to you by Te Māngai Pāho and the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Joining me on the show is Professor Ella Henry and Shane Te Pou. But another government minister, Kiritapu Allen, has resigned her portfolios and announced she will not be standing at the next election following a Sunday night car accident where she was charged with careless driving and refusing to accompany a police officer. She also failed a blood alcohol test. We will discuss that issue uh, and what it means for the government shortly. Engari, hei tukatuku i te wānanga kākāriki. The Green Party has released its Māori land policy in the run-up to the election, Hoki Whenua Mai aims to return stolen land and private ownership to Māori, end perpetual leases that lock Māori out of their own land and prevent the acquisition of Māori land under the Public Works Act. Hoki Whenua Mai will also remove the 2008 deadline on historical treaty claims implemented during Helen Clark's reign. To discuss this and how the policy will work and how committed Te, te Ropu Kākāriki is to it, I'm joined via Zoom by Greens List MP, Tiano Tuiono. Tēnā koe e te tūngāne. Tēnā koe o tira, tēnā katoa. Um, can I begin with Kiri Tapu Allen's resignation? She's announced she will no longer stand um, this election. How o whakāro? Tēnā paere tāku nākai, I'm, I'm sad. Um, Kiri Tapu is a friend of mine, um, and I, I want what's best for her. I want what's best for her. What's what's best for her whānau, um, and just understanding the immense stress and pressure she's been under as well. Uh, um, all the best, all the best to her. And I know, I mean, I join with all of her friends and whānau to. Uh, wishing her all the best in, in, her, in, her, in, her, in her journey, but also, but kote mea nui, kia piki te oranga ki aia. Kia ora, uh, waiho e rā kōrero ki reira. It is the fourth minister who has uh, resigned in a matter of four to five months. Is there still hope, do you think, for the left? Always going to be hopeful. Uh, the left is built on hope and and aspiration, and uh, and for us in the Greens, it's about sort of really landing on on our on our values and to keep pushing uh pushing ahead as well and I, and I hope that's coming through to our to our people and to our to the voters out there as as well the alternative to that uh, from my perspective with the national act government that would be a massive leap backwards uh and so um our what we're saying is hey look we've got we've got a vision here which is about people and planet it's about making sure that we address uh, the climate emergency that we're in as well and so acknowledging the biodiversity emergency we are in as well and over all of that the um, urgency of poverty and making sure that we organize ourselves in a good way in a practical way um and so that's the that's the that's what we're putting out there in, in this election um, those ideas and i hope people get on board the waka Kia ora, me kōrero taua e pāna ki tēnei kaipapa hoki whenua mai. Let's talk about the, uh, the policy hoki whenua mai. It will allow the tribunal to make recommendations about privately held land again for settlement. Set the record straight. Is this all private land? 
Oh, well, the, the, I mean, the Waitangi Tribunal used to have the recommend, to be able to make recommendations for private land uh, to make sure that the Crown will be able to address that. So we're returning and, and giving the Waitangi Tribunal back that back that ability to do that and sort of acknowledging that for all, you know, most of the land with the Nolte Roar is in private hands, but some of these places have Wahi Tapu, some of these places have you know, historical sites of significance. So finding a pathway uh, for Fano to actually be able to find ways to get that whenua back and also finding a way to at least have the conversation with the people who have that land at this particular point in time. I think that's that's really, really important. Uh, from our perspective, the treaties um, can, should never be, uh, cannot be settled. They must be honoured. And I'm just mindful of the work of uh, the late, great Moana Jackson, who really reinforced that uh, for us, but also for many people in my gener generation as as well. So trying, what our whole whenua, my policy is about, trying to find those those pathways for, for, uh, for land to be returned to Māori, which supports what's already there. A former um, ACT MP, Stephen Frank, says it's radical and it's concerning. Uh, is, is, when you talk about those, those private lands, is, are these um, up for discussion or uh, are these just land where they're coming up for sale? Uh, what, what we've found in talking with, with people, as people start to get more of an understanding about how land loss happened within Aotearoa, what we, what we found surprising is that some people have actually, Pākehā have, have actually been acknowledged the, the loss of, of Māori land and are actually interested in finding ways for this land to be given back to Māori, to be given back to Hapu as well. So there is definitely an awareness of that out there and it's about trying to find those pathways to enable those very, very um, good conversations to happen as well. So I don't see it as radical. All I see it is is honouring the treaty to actually living up to the aspirations of Te Tiriti or Waitangi. Uh, it also, your policy also wants to end perpetual land leases. Some people might even be surprised that we still have perpetual mm -hmm. land leases. Um, know. You know, uh, why is it still happening? And, and can you give us <laughs> an example of what a perpetual yeah. land lease is and where it is and what might happen? Well, that, um, like perpetual land uh, leases came in from the UK, but they actually ended in the UK around about 100 years ago. So it was a mechanism to, in order to actually take take Māori land. So um, uh, there will be a, a lease put on the land. So in all intents and purposes, the Māori landowners will have will have their name on it, but they wouldn't have control over it. Um, and so you have here many whānau, and there's around about, my understanding, around about 26,000 hectares probably more in perpetual leases where you have a whānau, their name is on the land, but they can't do it. They don't have the manufakahaere for the whenua. So we need a pathway to actually end perpetual leases. And that's what our commitment is. Hey, look, these are, these are not good. They're, they're not just. We need to end perpetual leases. Let's find a pathway for that land to go back to those farmers, back to those Māori landowners so they can actually um, do, what, do what they want to do with that whenua as well, because it's not right. It's, yeah, rec yeah recently we did hear about some of those uh, perpetual land leases in places like Waipiro Bay and um, yeah. Tapui Springs, Tokomaru, um, and uh, and further up the coast, and they had been taken under the uh, native townships. So you know when they were starting in the late eighteen hundreds to build towns up there, they're still under perpetual land leases. Um, it sounds crazy, but what's stopping it from being returned? Well, exactly. What's stopping it? There's been a couple of reviews. The last one that what, that came out was in 1994, and the recommendation in that report was to end perpetual leases. Well, that clearly didn't happen as well. So we're just kind of 
acting on the recommendations and on reports like that that came out that were looking at this whole issue. Um, and it's about trying to put a pathway in place so that that whenua can go back to the farmer. Is it similar to what happened when we saw the Taranaki farmers, um, you know, drive in their tractors down to Parliament in the late 90s, I think it was, over the, the land leases that were coming to fruition down there? And I think the government came to some kind of arrangement there. Is that what you're looking to... Um, a potential new government to be, you know, to come up with a solution, a financial actually, solution? I, actually, I think I was here that day. That's a while back now. They drove up onto the steps of Parliament as well. Uh, yes, but for Māori. Um, and so it's important for that for that pathway. Because it, it, isn't, it isn't fair on any metric. Perpetual leases were phased out of the UK where we got these things ages ago. That needs to happen here as well. We can put those pathways in place so that farmer can get their whenua back. Uh, I think it's really important. You've got a um, figure about three hundred and fifty million to start. Um, the capitalists here we're just talking about in the break. Uh, it, that's thirty-five houses in Auckland. It's not not a big amount. No, uh, it's a start. Uh, we've got to start uh, start somewhere. So part of it, one of the ideas we've also got is setting up a commission of inquiry to really to look at into disposition and redress. So that'll be supporting that the work that the Waitangi Tribunal uh, has been doing for uh, for a number of years. But we need to find out actually how much funeral and how it and how it and how it was taken. So, for example, last week I asked the Minister for Land Information about what he knew about how much my land had been taken under the Public Works Act. He couldn't give me a definitive answer because um, uh, where do Whanau go to find out how, how federal was taken? How do we, do we know how much federal was taken under the Public Works Act and just the latest iteration of the Public Works Act? Well, we don't actually know. Um, so it's important to actually get our uh, uh, get a line of sight uh, uh, over the over the the, the the state of the disposition of Māori land. Um, and the other thing that we want to do is to stop the Public Works Act from taking Māori land. Mm. Um, this might be new for many Māori, but, but um, because the Public Works Act has been used for generations to take um, land off Māori. And I was actually got some communications from somebody that worked in the Māori Land Court where where they pointed out actually it was easier for the government to take Māori land because on one hand you've got multiple owners and sometimes they don't know who the multiple owners mm. are. And then on the other hand, you might have someone who's on a farm where it's just one it's just one person that owns it or one family to own it. And so it's easier for them to stand up, stop land, their land being taken, but less so for Māori land to be taken. So Māori land was often taken and often not compensated as well. This cannot continue to happen. It must end. Tiano, um, the new slogan is the time is now and that's around the climate change emergency. Um, if you were to, you know, have the numbers to form the next government, would you have bottom lines on climate change? You know, because some would, some would say, you know, you, you kind of had the power to do that in the last term and you didn't really get much traction. Uh, well, there, there's been different numbers. There's different numbers in 2017. Uh, there was another political party that were involved in those negotiations and it heavily the negotiations heavily skewed their way uh and 2020 election labor had the majority so so have you got bottom lines this time around bottom lines uh, all of the all of the stuff so including hooky fennel and my uh, uh from our perspective will will form part of the negotiations but it's up to the party to to do that so if the numbers fell our way well, all of the policies that we've been announcing uh, would be in the mix in terms of what those negotiations would be. But ultimately, um, if the numbers go away, that would be a question for the party in terms of what we could 
try to get out of a possible government formulation. Tēnā koe. Kia ora. Ko te anau tui o nō tērā hoiano, kia tahuria ki tātou inainei ki te pai tōranga pū. Let's talk to two experienced political commentators, Professor of Indigenous Development, Dr. Ella Henry, and Shane Te Pau, tēnā kōrua. Ko hoki a kiritapu ki ona pai maunga, kia puri aia e ngā hau o tāwhiri mātia. Two years ago, Kiritapu was given a 13% chance of survival after a cervical cancer diagnosis. She underwent months of treatment and returned to work. Then recently, she came under scrutiny from the opposition for alleged poor working relationships with some staff. It came after her community was devastated by Cyclone Gabriel, as her relationship ended with a long-term partner and as she herself recognised she was struggling with her mental health. Well, uh, we are recording this at midday, and so we've just learned that Kiritapu Allen will not be standing again in this election. What are your thoughts on the whole, the whole kaipapa? I'm, I'm sad for Kiri, I'm sad for her whanau, I'm sad for her, her local supporters. That's where I'm from. My sister is very active uh, in, in her electorate, so is my brother. Um, <clears throat> she's a good soul, um, but uh, unfortunately we do make choices whether, we're, whether, whether we're, it's under mental stress or whatever, and uh, there was no going, no, no coming back for for Kitty for for Kitty Tapu. That's the reality after Sunday, and probably a wise decision in terms of starting her life afresh, not standing for re-election. I think that that seat was naturally national anyway, so winning it back would have been very tough. And I just hope that she's able to draw the line in her life and move forward. But, you know, <clears throat> maybe not today, but I think we have to have a court at all about the brutality of Parliament, in term, particularly in terms of how Māori women are treated or mistreated. And this goes way back, you know, I can remember some of the crap that Fijitita Kutney Sullivan had to put up with. And we, we fast forward to 2023, and I've never seen any of the vileness and ugliness that Nanaia Mahuta had to put up with. So, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a big important kōrero to, uh, to uh, be had here, Mihi and, uh, and Ella. Yeah, Ella, some might argue, and um, I've heard plenty of people argue that, you know, you put your hand up into to be uh, an MP and this is what you have to do. What are your thoughts around that? And that's true. That's mm. absolutely true. However, um, we have to remember that Māori, amongst all Indigenous peoples, are probably amongst the most in terms of political representation. Mm. And if we are going to put our people forward, I think there's something that has to happen at the community level, at the whānau level, whānau hapu iwi, that when we put these people forward, we are prepared to wrap around them. Because, you know, clearly Kiritapu and Aroha Atu Kiaia um, had a break that she was not able to cope with. You don't know when you go into Parliament what your breaking point will be. Mm. And so there's not only infrastructure needed around you when that happens from within Parliament, but also, you know, the, the broader community that she works with and she's a part of. And so I'd like to see that, that we take on board our responsibility as Fano to stand behind those people. That's what true Māori leadership mm. is. It's not who's out the front, mm. it's who's out the back supporting the pipeline. It sounds great, but like how would you work that into the current system that that your hapore or your or your hapu, your iwi or the people that support you actually get to have a say to remove you when they can tell you're unwell. Mm. I mean, I think that, as Shane has said, we need to look at some structural reform. I think that Parliament is increasingly open to dealing with the issues around bullying, around um, MP training and preparation, particularly for new ministers. So there's no reason why we could not weave some kind of fabric around not just Māori, 
but uh, yeah, lots of other refugees, women, uh, different communities uh, who get put forward by a community who then have to stand back and leave them alone in that, in that toxic environment that is Parliament. And maybe that's around parliamentary reform. And, you know, Kitty Tapu is not the first to um, struggle with mental health while, you know, serving. Uh, you know, we, we all remember uh, former leader Todd Muller did yes. the same and bowed out. And so it's interesting because today the National Party uh, leadership has, has suggested that there's some kind of a, not a warrant fitness, that's not the right word, but um, that you're assessed by a prof uh, professional before you return if you've got men mental health issues. How would that work? It wouldn't. It would not. I think it's just a glib, off-the-cuff comment that that hasn't been studied, has probably has no clinical support. Um, and, you know, what about folks that are already in there? You know, that, uh, and, and in fact, what it will do, if you fe are feeling unstable, if you're feeling mentally unwell, you're just going to shut up and you're, gonna st and, and you're not going to share your issues with people. So it actually will stigmatise uh, people with uh, mental health issues. And uh, remember when Todd Muller went off uh, leader for 55 days, took, I think, five to six weeks off and then said he was going to retire and then came back? What did the Prime Minister of the day say at the time? I wish him well. And what did uh, Luxton say yesterday? Ah, this is a this is a badge. Uh, this is the question, the judgment of the um, of the of the prime minister. Sometimes you've got to take the politics out of it, and I think Luxon has failed on both accounts. So um, let's go back to Crystal Luxon's suggestion. As somebody with experience with mental health, Ella um, Shane says it won't work. What are your thoughts? I, I completely agree. You, if you suffer, and I, as I have in the past yeah. for a range of reasons with mental health issues, um, the reality is you do not know what is going to break you. Mm. I mean, it's a truism. Crazy people don't know they're crazy. But, but also broken people don't know they're broken. And if they're trying desperately to prove to everybody that they're better, stronger, fitter, then often the person they're deluding is themselves first. Mm. So no certificate of warrant of fitness is going to gauge that. Every context is different. But I do think it is important to have the kind of support around her that clearly it seems was there. Mm. But also to, as I said, to ensure that there is whānau that's able to come in as well and tautoko in a formal, structured way, I think, protects that person who is on the threshold of catastrophe. Um, we have talked about um, the re reaction of Christopher Luxon. How do you think the Prime Minister has, uh, has responded to this scenario? Well, I, I think he responded yesterday with empathy, a sense of loss in terms of one of his talented ministers who had, uh, we, that we all collectively had a lot of hope for. Um, there, there was no way, no coming back once she was charged, um, particularly um, the, around, um, uh, you know, the, the police issue. Mm. Once she was charged with that, there was no coming back. And I just think he played it as he, with, with the, only, uh, the only way he could, given the cards that were dealt to him. Other leaders, your, your response to other leaders? I was pleasantly surprised mm. at the empathetic response of yes. David Seymour on the radio yesterday. I think everybody mm. understands that this is a human being in trauma. And uh, apart from the dark denizens of the, mm. of the interweb, most people, I think, have been relatively understanding of the fact that we are watching a person of, that we had great hopes for, mm. with a huge workload for a young person, still young, still rangatahi to our Māori. Um, and and, and we've watched, you know, her become very unwell. So I was pleasantly surprised by the empathy displayed across the political spectrum. 
uh, do you think there's some room in there for a mental health minister or ministry? Well, I mean, I think we need, we desperately need a mental health ministry for the country. And I mean, you know, um, we many, my king's been arguing for that for decades. Mm. But whether it's just to focus on those in parliament, I think that's that's kind of a narrow bandwidth. But I would like to see a, a better representation around mental health issues in this country because we know it's a big issue. It's going to grow as society becomes more alienated, and uh, and perhaps that's timely. Kapa, let's uh, mm. reflect on Te Ano Tui Ono's, uh, policy. Hoki Whenua Mai, what, what do you both make of it? Well, uh, Frank said it was radical. It's actually not that radical. All it just simply says is that the um, tribunal can make a recommendation. It means that uh, government officials can get into formal negotiations with, with private owners, often private owners in the position, position where they want to have a facilitation anyway, and there are instances where it's worked. I don't, I don't think it's that radical. I think it just gives an, um, an ability to right another, another injustice, and, and, and there is injustice about, uh, upon injustice. Um, I think the Public Works Act, it's about time. You know, we can go back to the Second World War. Just before the Second World War, let's take Taranaki. Much of the land was confiscated by, through the Public Works Act. And what was the next step? The next step, everyone, people went to war, Māori and Pākehā. Pākehā came back and got farms. Our people didn't. So, you know, uh, you don't have to go that, reach that far back in our history to see a real injustice. So, so it's timely. Yeah, it's timely. You have to support the yeah. land commission. I think too. it's timely. Perpetual, you know why perpetual leases were put an end to 100, year, 100 years ago in England? Because serfdom come to an end. If you end perpetual leases in Aotearoa, New Zealand, it means people can do simple things like go to the bank, get a loan, build a whare on it, start mm -hmm. up an enterprise. I think it's very pragmatic and it's, a, and, and, it, and, and it's not revolutionary at all. It's just about saying, this is your whenua, use it as you see fit. T talking about just settlements, as somebody who's been involved, heavily involved in mm. many settlements, um, your own included, what do you make of that kōrero? I, I admire it in principle. I mean, there's not enough money in there to really address mm. the true loss. However, some money being associated, I said this at the end of the settlement of our claim because there was a chunk of land that was sold under very spurious conditions in the early stages after Tetiriti. And I genuinely believe the most important outcome of a treaty settlement is not the financial redress, it is the historical account. And if we can have the true story mm. of of how that land was taken, how it was lost, mm. how it was alienated. That in future generations is what we build our aspirations on and have a moral high ground. You know, I remember the Manganui Bluff yes. and all of the contention around that. Eventually, resolution was found and, and a new relationship mm. was created between the Pākehā and the Māori in that community. So we have to use the treaty claim not just to claw back, but also to build new knowledge about the future. And I have hope, eh, if we can get this sorted, Maybe our churches will come to the party. Oh, he kaupapa, <laughs> uh, the, um, You know, for those who d uh, aren't involved in settlements and some who are kind of rolling their eyes at mm. this, you know, giving all the stolen land back, how, you know, how in treaty settlements, is, is it rare if you get land back? Uh, no, no, it's not rare, and y you know it's. I mean, are there some iwi that haven't had any land return? Yeah, they're, they're, well, look, I, I don't know. I don't know the intricacies of it, of it, but there are plenty of instances where uh, a payment is uh, easily easier found than than return of land, particularly if it is in mm. not only private interest but also dock. That can be very hard to un unwind, and churches, which I've sort of mentioned, I know we don't want to go there today. 
But well, you, you've, got, yeah, but you've <laughs> got to have all sorts of mechanisms to deliver overall justice. Let's stay on land mm. and Waitangi Tribunal because uh, New Zealand first turned 30, Winston Peters uh, launched his new attempt. Mm. Um, and I've got Cathy Costello in there who's formerly of Hobson's Pledge and she, she's suggesting that we uh, get rid of the Waitangi Tribunal end it. What do you think? I'd like to think that, that if she got into any kind of real power that she would learn the true history of the tribunal. And I think about other national leaders of the past, our Graham's a classic example, Jim Bolger, who when they first went into Parliament were, had a particular stance mm -hmm. and after many years of working with us realised, oh my gosh, Māori have a point. Uh, and so from, for somebody who is Māori but may not know as much about her history as some of us, I think that's a good journey to go on. I mean, Hobson's pledge is predicated on the notion that Hobson said, he iwi ko tahi tato. Mm -hmm. The fact that 500 Māori didn't give a toss about what he was saying and that's not what they agreed to mm. is irrelevant to the people in Hobson's pledge. So they just need to learn more about our history, I think. So um, Shane Jones is back. Jenny Markroft joins them, our former Mata commentators there. Are they encouraging voters to take our country back and question, um, and I guess the question is whose country? Yeah. And back from who? I just imagine if it was Te Pāti Māori and they'd use, let's take our country back, that, you know, the police would be called, uh, the Red Scott the Red Squad will be reformed. Now, I just think that this is the dance of the desperate. Now, not only did, did they, uh, at their, at their um, conference or whatever you want to call it over the weekend, did they talk about these issues, but they want to build El Salvadorian-type jails. Uh, they want to do away with the uh, Waitangi Tribunal, which we know is a legal construct, mm. you know. Um, as, as the Supreme Court has said, and every other court in the land, a lot of these things are undoable. What they're doing is they're going after a small click of vote to get them over. From where on the political... Oh, I, think, I, think, I, think the, I think the elderly centre-right, it's the same sort of um, same sort of vote that ACT are going after. You've got New Zealand first going after, after and then you've got the smaller, desperate sort of anti-vax type parties and all the same. I just don't think there's enough votes in it. And also, I know some of those people. You know what? I don't even think they believe that rubbish themselves. It's pretty busy in that middle block. Mm. Before we go, we've got a couple of minutes. Um, you know, what do you think Kiri Tapu Allen will be remembered for in terms of what she did in Parliament? I'd like to think that we will remember those great moments of the, particularly this year as she stepped up around the floods, mm. the, the, the environmental crises, that the strong stand she's taken on justice issues, not just for Māori, but for New Zealanders. Um, I had the pleasure of knowing her as a student 20 years ago. I knew straight away she's bright and vivacious. She'll come back. Mm. Um, it's just a shame that her political career has ended under a cloud. Mm. Thoughts? Uh, she will, unfortunately, at this point in time, she'll probably be known from her exit. I think the best years are in front of her and she should take every opportunity, as her mum said, take a deep breath, get on with life and just build and start again. And what we know about Māori, and particularly Māori women, is that we're a resilient, a, a resilient bunch. We, we like mm. to come, make comebacks. Yeah. As Tiano said, let the winds of mm. Tafiri Matia wash over you and yes. look after you. Tena Kordua, thank you so much for joining us today. We didn't get through half the things we don't want to do. It was a very busy day. Um, tena Kordua, he moana puke puke e ekinga e te waka. Ki te aro tātou, ki te taharangi, ka mohiwake, he rā anō ki tua. Kanui te mihi ki te puna whakatongarewa, me te māngai pāho. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in a fortnight. Nō hōra mai.